0: Welcome to Bear Weather Fans, the Bearsiest Bears Podcast. Join your hosts, Patrick, Coach Bob, and Ed Obrettobot, and welcome to Bear Weather Fans! Welcome to Bearweather Fans. Uh, Coach Bob, I have to say, it is expensive to have a 48-piece live band hanging out in the Bearweather Fan studio, but I think it's worth it, personally.
1: Every penny. You know? I mean,
0: we spare no expense Absolutely. for our listener. Absolutely. So, you're right. Uh, spare no expense is the right word. We, of course, have the... Bear with Fans uh, band in our Bear Wither Fans studio. It's a weird coincidence; they're both called the Bear with Fans. That's that's crazy. And uh, of course, we have um, America's favorite Android, Edobratabot. Four to five colors. Cannot tell the difference between the actual Edobravich. Obibot how you doing?
1: And guess what? The mushrooms keep kicking our
0: butt. Well said, Obbot. All right, so we are here today to talk about this week in Bears history. And we're just uh, coming off the Week Four win against uh, the Lions. Um, one of the favorite traditions of a Bears offense being terrible and then looking competent thanks to a Lions play. So it's I don't know probably <laughs> my favorite holiday of the year. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is nice having the Lions in the NFC North. <laughs> yes, sir. So yeah, this is this week in Bears history. Week Four down. There's a few that I want to talk about. But first, I want to talk about, um, you know, it's obviously it's week four. You are going against a division rival. Um, you have kind of an old, non athletic, um, you know, journeyman QB, and then you take him out for, uh, like a, you know, a younger QB with athleticism, um, like a, you know, a person of color, which is unusual for Bears at the starting quarterback position, uh, and that's exciting. And so, seeing them. Kind of do different plays with that, QB runs, and of course talking about the 2003 game, the Bears versus the Packers, with Cordell Stewart. <laughs> Cordell Stewart. Um, so that is this week, I guess, what is that? Uh, a good, good 18 years ago. Um, but yeah, the Bears lost to the Packers uh, week four, of course, uh, 38-23 with Cordell Stewart as starting QB. And, uh, it was a different time though, but don't you kind of forget sometimes that Cordell Stewart was the starting QB or was the quarterback in general?
1: I, I did. And, uh, it's crazy because when they do those, like, you know, who played quarterback for the Bears over the years versus who played quarterback for the Packers, Mm -hmm. um, you go back to 2003 and it's like one (laughs) different quarterback. So it's not Aaron Rodgers, but it's the one quarterback before him that's played for the Packers, um, Brett Favre. Uh, Is there even another quarterback that started a game? Has Rodgers missed? He may have.
0: Ooh, my memory is Brett Hundley played a little bit. Oh, yep.
1: Yep. Um, Because Favre was like the Iron Man who missed like no games in like 18 years, right? Like some crazy feat like that. And then Rodgers took over and played for a while. And then I think you're right. Brent Hundley play, played for a little. But, okay. Yeah. So th- so there's only been a few quarterbacks in the last 18 years. Yeah,
0: and the reason I particularly remember that because I'm pretty sure the Bears lost to the Brent Hundley-led Packers. And I was like, oh. ready to just give, like throw in my cleats. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which uh, was probably uh. 2017, I want to say. Um, yeah, okay. That sounds right. But, uh, yeah, just, just, um, it's tough to bear. But yeah, you're, you're right though. It's like those two QBs. I don't know. I, it's kind of like the Jews in Israel where it's like, uh, they leave Egypt and have to like wander the desert for like 40 years. Where it's like, oh yeah, we made it out of Egypt. Like, no, it's going to be a lot worse. I'm so sorry. You're going to suffer for a long time. And that's like mm-hmm. watching, um, yeah, watching like riders show up after Favre was dominating us for generations, like, oh no, it just works. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on—they oh. they got better at quarterback. <laughs> that can't be right. It's like God just came down. Like, here's one that's better in every way. Like, no. Yeah, they
1: had a Hall of Fame quarterback for two decades. We finally got through him, and they had a better quarterback. <laughs> what? Although. If you stood Aaron Rodgers next to Justin Fields, I'd feel pretty good about having Justin Fields on my team, even though I'm not saying he'll be a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a uh, tall request. I feel like it's almost as tall as that request that we talked about earlier in the show when I heard uh, the the egregious comments of Justin Fields at 11 is possibly the biggest steal in the draft in the last like 20 years. Oh, well, okay, well, Patrick Mahomes was the same pick basically, and he's already an MVP and Super Bowl champion, so there's the bar in the first three seasons. Uh, let's see how it goes.
0: (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, we keep it, uh, we keep it real here, like, very, you know, tempered expectations, just the biggest steal, like, yeah, in decades, yeah, we're already talking about how he's the best QB in Bears history with, not just the best, but the best individual qualities of anyone, the most, like everything. We're, we're keeping it cool. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back. What's fun to me about this week in Bears history is um, it's fun to go back and be like, you know what? When things seem rough, let's see where we came from. Let's see our roots. So uh, this Cordero Stewart game against the Packers in 2003 Um the Bears lost, like I said, uh, 23 to 38. How many? Let's start. How many passing touchdowns do you think the Bears got? These
1: were 23 points?
0: Yes, sir. Zero. <laughs> you're correct. God. Yes! <laughs> he's too good. I need to keep track of your trivia games because you, like, you're uncannily good at this stuff. Okay, so. You have established there are no passing touchdowns, twenty-three points. How many offensive <laughs> touchdowns do we have? Oh. One, <laughs> yes sir. Cordell Stewart run. Your,
1: oh so. those those were the days of defensive and special teams touchdowns right, and yep. field goals and <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> ah, <laughs> oh, the Bears' offense. It is funny. You say twenty-three, and this season that would be like a high-scoring game for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> the <part> of us, <laughs> but yeah, like the Bears' offense looked great last week, or last week in our last game in the win over the Lions. Um, and uh, I like it, I was happy with those twenty-four points. The bear, their Bears' offense earned all of them. And they kind of turned into end the game mode as opposed to like run up the score mode. So, like, I was cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's probably a happy medium there between like not risking injury, not like running up a score, but also like keeping aggressive and making sure it's not a tight game because it did uh, feel a little bit risky at the end there. But um, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Except for we were playing the Lions. (laughs) Right. It was never really a a contest there. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like when they had a 30-yard field goal to make it a one-score game, they are like, you know what? Let's not do that. (laughs) Yes. By the way, that that reference, that that 30-yard field goal to make it a one-score game, was not in the first quarter (laughs) when it didn't matter. It was in the fourth quarter to make it a one-score game, and they didn't take it. I think there was about four minutes left at that point. God, that was great. Well, okay. Good for us.
0: (laughs) Yes, sir. Um... Yeah, it's so funny to look back on this because last week's episode of This Week in Bears History, we had the very special episode where we talked about the worst offensive performances in Bears history. Where we looked at like the wide margins. So it's funny to see this 2003 game and be like, ha ha, remember back then when we only scored 23 points? And be like, oh no, Like Nagy's yeah. offense has scored like 16 points a game since <laughs> the t- entire tenure. Like, no.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we're ranked 32nd still, Jesus. but I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: But I will say Justin Fields averaging like stupid yards per attempt. So if he continues being the starter, which huge asterisk because man Nagy's the head coach, uh, that will be that'll be exciting. Um another fun this week's in, this, this week in Bears history tidbit is uh, there's an article from 2003 talking about how the offensive coordinator is working on incorporating uh, run option packages in the Bears offense. So this is only 18 years old. Um, so any day now we're going to see a really effective run game like the Ravens have, but any day, <clears throat> so it's 2003. Let's move on the next year. Got a, a Rex Grossman in there. Maybe you're familiar with him. Um, sexy, Rexy. sexy, rexy. So the bears, it's kind of a similar situation. You have a QB switch. Uh, so 2004 Eagles, uh, 19 bears, nine week four. um, However, the switch was because Rex Grossman went down. Uh, he got injured and I think missed like a significant amount of time. And, uh, Jonathan Quinn became the QB, which for my money is the worst QB the Bears have ever had. And that is, uh, I made a lofty. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I. That is not a pool
1: of quarterbacks that you want to be the worst
0: of. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, we saw Todd Collins in like an NFC championship game.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's also just a lot of options. And nobody that really stands out as being, like, an incredible quarterback. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, have the Bears ever had a quarterback that was, like, widely considered top ten in the NFL?
0: Oh, so... My memory was that Eric Kramer... And this was, like, a little bit towards the end of my... Or the beginning of my, like, memories of Bears fan. But Eric Kramer, I thought, was, like, highly regarded for, like, a year. Before we, like, broke his neck or whatever. Um, okay. And then before that, not really. Like, going back to, like, Sid Luckman in, like, the 1910.
1: Yeah, right. Like, I, I mean, at one point, there was 10 teams. So, like... <laughs> but, I mean, like, in the, in the 32-team NFL, like, I'm saying, like, even cause I don't remember uh, the quarterback you just mentioned. And I'm thinking like, I feel like for most lists, people consider like Jay Cutler to be maybe the best quarterback we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know that when Jay Cutler was on the bears, he was necessarily widely renowned as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Um, because at that time there was Peyton Manning, drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like, there was a a list of the top five that I don't think he was even close to. (laughs) And I don't know that he was in the next five. And if he wasn't in there, then... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, my point is, I don't feel like we've ever had, like, a guy that was in the conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, Cordell Stewart was kind of considered a thing in, like, the late 90s. um, Which is why we had him in 2003 which you might recognize as yeah, uh, yeah. not the late 90s. Um so yeah, he was not. yeah, kind of like late career Michael Vick I guess where it's like, oh no, he uh he was a really good rushing threat and he can't run anymore. But uh so you can have a <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, I I think Eric Kramer is probably the highest regarded QB, which is just so sad. Um Yeah, I know. That's funny though. Okay, I'll take your word for it. There, uh, Kyle Orton—that's my final answer. Kyle Orton is a gem. No, no,
1: no. that's a different competition. That's a neckbeard competition. It's the only one he wins. But it's excellence in neckbeard. so it is so impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah, we talked uh, last week's this week in Bears history about the 2005 offense that so was just like truly terrible, and it was like Kyle Orton behind like one of the worst offensive lines like in the history of the sport. Um, yeah, so, you know, like, stuff like that, I look back at that stuff, and, like, it makes me feel better about what we have here. Like, sure, like, our offensive line is kind of bad, and our tackles are, like, a geriatric man, like a journeyman, Seattle Seahawks cast-off, and our head coach is, uh, terrified of anyone getting credit for anything but him. Um, but, you know, like, hey, at least we have a better quarterback. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it kind of throughout the week as we were talking leading up to the game. But, like, it'll be nice when Borum comes back. It's funny that we're leaning on a fifth-round rookie <laughs> but, um, at a tackle position. But even still, like, he seemed to have positive signs and he's young. And if he can be, like, a staple of an offense, I, I am a firm believer that you don't have to be a high draft pick just to be successful in the NFL, like, I often feel like we put too much value on um, measurables uh, during the draft process because every coach has that insecurity and that and that confidence that I can make this person into instead of this person has shown for however many years of their life they're good at football. And some people have found a way to, like, overcome that they're not the fastest person. Um, I feel like... Khalil Mack is a pretty good example of that. I feel like when I've heard about him, he's not like the, like he's the workhorse. Like he just works so hard and just keeps getting better. Yeah. Um, Where
0: was he drafted? Was he drafted really high? Am I totally wrong on that? No, I think he was considered undersized. Like he he was.
1: That's what I mean. Like, yeah, he was like, uh, you know, we'll see if he pans out. And then he's like incredible. Yeah but but he was always but my point is he was always really good at football. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like he wasn't taken highly because he was bad at football. He wasn't taken highly because he was and I don't remember all the things but undersized, too slow, whatever else. And then it's like, "Oh, well, you know what? Like he's really good at football." <laughs> yeah. And when you're really good at football, you find a way to be good at football.
0: Yes, sir. And he was. So I guess uh, it looks like he was selected fifth overall, which is very high, but still. Oh, like, that's that's I'm wrong on that. But yeah. I mean, compared to, like Jadavion Clowney, like Jadeveon was hyped as like one of the greatest prospects ever because of the measurables. Whereas uh, Mac dropped, like, and Mac is undoubtedly better than Jadavion Clowney. So it's like, yeah, I I, I don't think it totally yeah, validates yeah. your point. Um, another example. Yeah. Uh, do you want to guess where illustrious? Uh, Tackle Jason Peters was drafted. Sixth round. Okay, and so for uh, reference for people at home, uh, Jason Peters has played in the NFL for 17 years.
1: Which is insane. Insane. Which is
0: insane. Yeah. So I think... And very good in his prime. Yeah, like inarguably good. Um, so the fact that he's still like an okay starting left tackle is crazy. So it shows how, like to your point, like, he's just good at football, you know? Um, yeah. What round was he drafted? He was not, he was undrafted. That's insane. I I thought it was something crazy (laughs) like that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly right. Like, but this, he, he was, like you said, inarguably good. That's a way better example than what I was coming up with, with Khalil Mack. I don't know why I thought he was, uh not where he was, but, um, yeah, an undrafted guy has a, how, like a, what a 45 year NFL career. Cause he's older than my grandparents. Right. Um, and he is still playing football and he's playing at a pretty high level, especially for his age. Um, I mean, he's not an elite left tackle anymore, but like the fact that he could even make a roster at 39 years old as an undrafted guy like, that's insane. So, like, if Larry Borum, I'm not saying if he's as good as Peters was in his prime when Borum's in his prime, but, like, if you can find a guy that can do that job, which is so difficult and so valuable, um, first of all, good for the kid because he's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but, but yeah, it's going to make us way better. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, yeah, and I think definitely the Bears' defensive line is, like, a really good example, especially under Fangio, where, um, like, Roy Robertson-Harris was uh, undrafted, and he like he was a dude. He played damn well. He's got sacks and everything. He put up steps on the stat sheet, and so he got poached by the Jacksonville Jaguars because we couldn't afford him. It's like we had so many good developmental players. Um, like Nick Wachowski was another guy who was like mid, I think he was like fourth or fifth round. Um, Bilal Nichols, I think, was fifth round pick. Like, yeah. yeah. He's good. Yeah. Nichols is good. Is. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I 100% agree with your point. I think the negative example of your point, where it's like a coach convincing themselves, like I can be the one to turn this guy, coach him, is um, like so many of Nagy's developmental weird projects, where he's like, I'm gonna turn Cordell Patterson into a uh, a short yardage back, or I'm gonna turn um, like uh, I know I've complained before about Treat Cohen lining up in the slot for like an entire game, <laughs> um, that one time at the Packers, or um he turned that defensive end for shot coward into like the starting right tackle. And is like naggy no, like this dude has never played offensive line, like in his career. Like, please don't make him our starting yeah. tackle. That was only like a year or two ago.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the, like another example that I can think of and I can't even remember his name, but we've talked about him before that guy that could jump out of a pool. I have to just see so he'd jump out of a pool. Yeah, that's his name. Like that, that dude wasn't that good at football. No. He got drafted because he was an athletic freak where the bears go, we need an athletic freak. And then he comes out and it's like, oh, did you know he's not that good at football? (laughs) Yeah, we did. We knew he was not that good at football. And like you were so confident in your ability to coach that you said, I don't care that all these other coaches have had a chance at him. I'm the difference. Mm -hmm. And you take him and he sucks. And it's like, yeah, he should be good. And he's not. I, I I very often feel like NFL coaches underappreciate being good at football. Like, if you are an elite college player because you're just good, like, it will translate. Like, you will be good. Um, and I know it's, like, there is something to size, speed, and there's the rare occurrence where somebody is, like, so blazing fast and they do like get their hands together and they're a better wide receiver or whatever else. But like, I just feel like more often than not, I feel like, you know, the wide receiver that's taken first overall is not a great college wide receiver. And they're like, but do you see how fast he is? (laughs) Like, okay. But like, if that guy can't run a route and he can't catch, like, are we using a top 10 pick on him? Right. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I just feel like it's the mistake too many times is made.
0: Um but. Yeah, and you made the point earlier about Kevin White, like when the Bears selected him like fifth <laughs> overall during a rebuild. Like, really, we're gonna choose like a uh, very raw athlete wide like skill position when we don't even have like a functioning offensive line. <laughs> like two thousand fifteen or sixteen, like Yeah. <laughs> right. I think he's still in a practice squad for the Saints or something right now.
1: Yeah. So he's still Getting looked at and still people are like...
0: N-. Right. <laughs> and it's like such a circular logic thing where people will overvalue like one pro day. Like, oh, look, he ran fast in this one drill on pro day. Even if they were, you know, maybe not that good at football. And then they'll use that circular logic of like, somebody drafted him high, therefore he must have value. So let's keep on giving him chances. Like, I don't know, man. Big and athletic if he figures it out. Yeah.
1: He could be really good. Yeah, Yeah, well... He's had a lot of chances. He has not figured it out. <laughs> and then you got like a guy like Wes Welker or whatever when he played for the Patriots, who's like tiny, not super fast, can't jump like crazy. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable in the slot. Just good football player.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm trying to I feel like Jamarcus Webb was the uh most famous example I can think of of like the Bears got him being like, Look how big this dude is, he's like six foot seven or whatever. And uh, he just sucked. (laughs) And he was like, Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like seventh overall pick. And I don't know. Yeah, uh, seventh round, I think. But yeah, he, like, Yeah, yeah. No. Not any good at football. No good. And uh, I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. He played for like nine different teams because everyone's like, Look how big this guy is. (laughs) And he's like, No. Mm -mm." He's big. He's really bad at football. But uh, so there's some fun this week in Bears history. Um, I think the most fun to look at, because we're talking about this is uh, after the, I'm going to say Justin Fields breakout game. Uh Hopefully one of many. Call it now. Sorry? I said call it now. Yeah. You got yeah. it. Because like, I don't know. I know it wasn't a huge scoring game, but like Justin Fields throwing 12 and a half yards per temp is crazy. And he like, he just looked so good. He was, you know, on the money. He's just, um I don't know, he's throwing dimes. And, uh so, what that is kind of a fun uh, similarity to is week four of 2018, when some guy named Matt Nagy was play caller, uh, and they scored 48 points on the Buccaneers.
1: I remember that. Was that uh, Trubitsky's sixth touchdown game? Yes,
0: sir, it was. Yeah, tied for like second place for most touchdowns in a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just absurd.
1: So obviously that game is not as fresh in my memory as the game we just watched, but it's kind of crazy because I feel like watching that game, I was less impressed with Trubisky as I was with Justin Fields throwing 200 yards and an interception. (laughs) Like it it makes no sense. You know, the quarterback rating is nowhere near the same, obviously six touchdowns lighting up the scoreboard. But it was one of those where, like, he didn't, like, wow me. Justin Fields wowed me. Yeah, Justin Fields did everything so well. Like, I still, like, don't feel like I saw a throw where I was like, God, that was a really bad throw. <laughs> like, not even once. The only one, it was tipped. And it was like, well, he's he's, he's got me so convinced that it was going to be a good throw had it not been tipped. Like... So, I don't know. Yeah. Like I seriously would think I was more impressed with this previous game by Justin Fields than I was by the breakout game of Mitchell Trubitsky, right. which was the clearly superior statistical <laughs>
0: game. <laughs> no, I, it's funny because I totally agree. Like, if you go back and watch that game, um, it's part of what's so confounding about Matt Nagy because his offense was legitimately like very well designed, and ex- or not executed, but very well designed his first few weeks in the league. And I don't know if he just overcomplicated it and couldn't keep that up. Um, but you could see Trubisky obviously struggling with it. Like the mental load of trying to run Nagy's offense meant his accuracy like went to hell. But there were streaks like the 2018 game where he wasn't like special, but he at least executed the offense as it designed, and that was enough to destroy opposing teams. Like he was just yeah. throwing accurately to wide open guys because Nagy's scheme was so good that he was scheming guys just, like wide open all over the field. Um, there's only like one. Yeah, it's only like one like even close to tight window that Trubisky threw in the entire game. But between uh Nagy's play designs, uh Treat Cohen when he's in his prime, just like commanding double teams at all times, and uh the opposing Tampa Bay secondary just being terrible. Um yeah, it was just it's just one of those weird freak things. It's just I guess a testament
1: That's what I remember of that game is like Trubisky having a rollout single read dudes wide open. Yeah. Touchdown. Uh, pockets clean, dudes wide open, touchdown. Yes, sir. Not not like this last week where even though we're playing the Detroit Lions, the slump busters that we were calling them, <laughs> like a guy comes free, spin move so eloquently. Like he didn't even get close to sacked. No. Like he, he felt that thing coming and goes, zoink, nope, see ya. <laughs> like he – I, I don't know. He just he did so much more impressive stuff in a much more moderate offensive performance and, like, complete command of the game. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was curious because I, I remember that game very vividly, that Mitchell Trubitsky game. Yeah.
0: But. Well, it's funny because you and I were talking last episode about how um, that correlation between, like, offensive complexity or uh, coaching complexity and the player's ability to execute and how there seems to be, like, I don't know, uh, the complication of any system makes people just, like, miss stuff more, like, the, all those blown coverages we've had so far this year in secondary. And uh, with Trubisky, like, 2018, especially the first half of the year, was a story of, like, guys just being schemed wide open. It's like, just watching the offensive play as a fan, it was crazy. And I remember the um, one of the games, Chris Collinsworth was like, yeah, like, look at all this, you know, pre-snap motion, all these different opposing... Um, like, uh, handoffs and movement, like, you don't know where the ball is going as a defense, and so he just kind of freeze. and um, it was, like, it was truly effective, but then, I guess because of that, like, Trubisky also couldn't process it, and so he was just, like, missing wide open guys, um, whereas I think the offense right now is undoubtedly less dynamic in that way, it's pretty much like run-run, then shot play, but it's simple enough for Justin Fields to be super comfortable with it and he has enough accuracy that it doesn't really matter like he has that hit the dime I think to Darnell Mooney kind of deep right or like his placement. that was so yeah, sick the placement was so good that like he threw it kind of underneath the safety outside of the corner and it's like it's not a complicated play you are just you know you're just doing kind of like a I guess a crossing route between the outside and the slot guy and it's just like I don't know you, you just do enough to make a tiny window and that's enough for Justin Fields like you don't have to complicate it
1: Right. Well, I mean, Darnell Mooney, I I don't think he was that open on the play. He might have had a step, but it's like that cornerback could have been blanketed all over him without pass interference. Justin Fields dropped it over his right shoulder on the sideline away from the safety. Like the only dude that could catch that ball was Darnell Mooney. (laughs) Yeah,
0: the coverage is irrelevant.
1: Yes, it didn't even matter. Like you said, like you don't even have to scheme him open. Justin Fields was so good at that deep ball that it's just, oh, there it is.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing that Nagy really struggles with is like, okay, what do my players do well? And like, does everything have to be schemed? Can I just give something simple to our players that they do well and make that work, you know? But, I don't know. Um, I feel like I just end up complaining about Nagy pretty much every... like started off all positive, yeah, and then by the end I'm like, God, darn! Well, in
1: fairness, the game was awesome and Nagy was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good thing. So it's the thing we get to complain about.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good thing that we're now in a place of peace, that Bill Lazor will always be calling plays and Justin Fields will (laughs) always be the starting quarterback, and that will never change. Boy, I wish that was the case. (sighs) OB Bot, what do you think? The only problem with that, our head coach is clueless. He's proven he's clueless. Four years here. All right, OB Bot.
1: I feel like that is uh, that is spot on. He's a robot.
0: He's never wrong. <laughs> exactly right. The best in artificial intelligence. Well, yeah, we talked a little bit about this week in Bears history. I think your point kind of sums it up the best. Like the stats aren't everything. Yes, Trubisky threw six touchdowns. That was incredible, and I was pretty stoked at the time. Um, but yeah, I agree. Justin Fields' performance was more exciting uh, and like more impressive than uh, that one. And uh, it's just an exciting town to be a Bears fan. I really believe that. Any uh, final comments before we head out? No.
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's
0: it. righty. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll tune in with you next episode for game preview against the Raiders. And uh, in the meantime, let me check my notes here. Bear. Down? Hmm. That's what it says. Okay. I bear down, yeah. <laughs>